0: Hey, Jacob's Well Podcast, this is Jordan, one of the student pastors at Jacob's Well Church. So glad you guys are taking time to listen today as we are in week three of our study in the book of Galatians as we talk about freedom in Christ. And this week, we're specifically talking about justification and being made righteous and made right in God's sight by our faith in the life-saving power of Jesus Christ and not in anything else additional that would add to the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us today. Hey Jacob's Well Church family, so glad you are joining us this week. My name is Jordan and I'm one of the student pastors here at Jacob's Well Church. We're going to get into week three of our Galatians study, but before we do that, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time to come together as a church family, albeit virtually in our own homes and on our devices. I just pray today as we worship together and as we hear from your word that you would just be present with us that you would open our ears and our eyes and our hearts to what you have to teach us in your word today as we continue to study what it means to have true freedom in the gospel and I just pray you'd be with us in this place right now in your name amen so I've got a question for you have you ever felt like you're not good enough ask yourself more than a surface level question at the depth of your soul have you ever felt like you're not good enough like you have to do more or be more to be worthy and acceptable of someone's love. I know that I struggle with these, these feelings sometimes weekly, daily, sometimes even on the hour I have to push back these questions and these feelings of not feeling good enough, feeling unworthy. And the truth is we live in a culture where we measure people's worth by what they do, by the titles, by the jobs, whatever it is, we measure people by what they do. Now we're in week three of our study in the book of Galatians and up to this point, Paul has been very straightforward in his letter to the churches in Galatia about the Judaizers that have come in and completely wrecked the gospel and they're spreading this false gospel and all these things that you have to do additionally, specifically become a Jew before you can become a Christian. And Paul is fed up and he's like, you know what, I'm just going to write to the churches, I'm going to say, this is the true gospel, here are my credentials, this is what you need to know about who Jesus was and is And I want you guys to know these things. And this week we're studying chapter 2, verse 15, through the beginning of chapter 3. There is a lot in this passage of scripture, so we're going to jump right in here in verse 15 in chapter 2. And it says this, We who are Jews by birth, this is Paul talking again, he's a Jew, and not Gentile sinners, know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law, because by observing the law, no one will be justified. So right off the bat, Paul comes out and he says, I'm a Jewish man, I know the law, but I am going to put my faith and my trust in Jesus, so I'm justified by faith in Christ, not by observing the law, because he knows that by observing the law, no one is going to be justified. Now, to make sure we're all on the same base here as we continue in this series, we need to understand what the word justified means. We hear the word justice thrown around in our culture all the time, but the word justified means this, to be declared righteous or in right standing in the sight of God. So to be forgiven, to have your slate wiped clean, the fact that you can stand in God's presence and be made right with him means that we are justified. And Paul is very clear that we are justified by faith. Now again, Paul gave his credentials in the earlier parts of chapter 1 and chapter 2. And he says, you know, I was zealous. I was over the top for the ways of Judaism. I was excelling beyond the years of all of my peers. And I was just in it. Like he knew the law backwards and forwards like the back of his hand. And Pastor Paul talked about this last week. How could a man whose livelihood was following the law to a T and criticizing and just getting on people who were Christians who were saying the gospel is enough for me. How can a man that used to kill those people turn into one of their biggest advocates and start writing these letters to implore them to get back to the true gospel? And like Pastor Paul talked about last week, the Apostle Paul had an encounter with the true gospel. He had an encounter with Jesus Christ and what it means to be a follower of him and it changed everything. Now, it's easy for us to look at this passage and say, okay, well, if Paul, Apostle Paul, who is following the law is now saying, well, we don't need to follow the law, is he saying altogether we just get rid of it? And that's not what he's saying because we still need the law. The law has to be there and it should not be thrown out because we need to know what the standard of God, what God's standard is that he's calling us to. So he's not saying, let's get rid of the law, let's just follow Jesus, we can all live freely and do whatever we want. On the contrary, That's not freedom at all. (laughs) The freedom that he's talking about is that we have freedom in Jesus and not by following the law. The law is good. We still need the law, but it cannot be the means by which we gain our acceptance and our worth in God's eyes. Because the reality is, we will all fall short. Daily, we will all fall short of God's mark. And we still need the law to guide us, to convict us, and to lead us to repentance as it shows us our desperate need for a Savior. When Jesus was walking the earth and in his, in his ministry, uh, specifically here in chapter 5, verse 17 of Matthew, he says something that Paul is referencing back here in the book of Galatians. And he says this, This is Jesus speaking, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. See, Jesus could have very easily come to earth and said, you know what, just get rid of the law. He says, I didn't come to get rid of it. I came to fulfill it. And that's why our faith in Jesus is what justifies us because he did the one thing that none of us could do, which is fulfill the law. He fulfilled the law and paid the price of condemnation that you and I should have paid. Let's move on to verse 17 in chapter 2 of Galatians. If, while we seek to be justified in Christ, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners, does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, I prove that I am a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. I just picture the Apostle Paul as he's writing this letter like mic drop, like right here, just the last line. Christ died for nothing, let's just end the letter, send it, and be done. There is so much in these four verses of scripture that we need to just take a quick step back. So let's go back to verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ Lives in me. What does it mean to be crucified with Christ? Now, obviously, none of us hopefully will ever have a physical crucifixion. That's something that Jesus paid for us. But if I've been crucified with Christ, that means that my old sinful life before Jesus is gone. It's dead. It has no power anymore because it's been nailed to that cross with Jesus. I'm no longer condemned by my sin. I'm no longer held captive by that sin. And now, Paul says, I have an opportunity that it's not me who lives anymore, but it's actually Christ that lives in me. And a word that we use around Jacob's well a lot is stewardship. That's what Paul is saying right here. This is the essence of stewardship, that this is not my life. The life I live in the body is through Christ. That's the only way I live. So you and I have this opportunity To live a life of stewardship, to let Christ live through us in our daily lives. And we have to understand that the only reason we even have life and hope is because of Jesus' sacrifice. Now, the first part of 21, Paul says this very important phrase right here I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Have you ever had someone give you a gift? maybe Christmas, maybe your birthday, maybe just a surprise gift out of the blue. And they give it to you and you open it or maybe they just hand it to you, you don't have to open it. And immediately you think, I can't accept this. There's no way. I I have to repay you for this. I must have to do something in order to receive this from you. I am not worthy to receive this gift. You have to take it back or I have to pay you back or I have to earn it in order to receive it. Have you ever felt that way? Because what Paul is saying here is the gift of grace. And just, let's be clear, grace is that unmerited favor. It's that thing that we desperately need, but we do not deserve. That is what grace is. And he says very clearly, I don't set that aside. I don't want to set aside this gift that God has given me in grace through Jesus Christ. Because if I set that aside, I'm completely missing the point. But if I hold on to that gift... That is where true freedom will come from. So, as I was studying this scripture and I was preparing for this message, these four words right here hit me like a two-by-four to the forehead. I've read this scripture before, but for some reason it just caught me in a different way in this season of life that we're all experiencing together. And as we look at the gospel and what it means to live in true freedom, if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. So if you and I could be made right with God, made righteous, justified by observing the law, doing all the right things, if we could work our way to God and tip that scale we've got more bad or more good than bad and follow all the rules, then Jesus died for nothing. He his life meant absolutely nothing. And I think we have to sit in the weight of that question. Did Jesus really die for nothing? Did he really live a spotless, blameless life for nothing? Because any time that you or I add any requirements to the true gospel, other than faith in the saving power of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are essentially looking at Jesus and saying, you weren't enough. Your gift wasn't enough for me. I have to do more. I have to add to it. I need to supplement it with and we fill in the blank with whatever we choose that we think we need other than just the saving power of a perfect God who gave his life for his children. That's a perverted and twisted gospel if we think that we can work our way to God or that we can possibly in our human nature add something to the amazing gift that is the true gospel. Now, if I were honest, I'm a firstborn rule follower. My number one strength on the Strength Finder test is achiever, so I like to get stuff done. And I'm an Enneagram type two wing one, which at my healthiest means I'm a helper and an advocate for those that don't have a voice. But if I were being frank and completely honest, if I'm in an unhealthy place, I tend to lean more towards I have to work and do a specific set of things in order to be loved by other people. And even more dangerously, it slides into my relationship with God and can say, you know what, Jordan, you are only loved by Jesus or by God today if you do this, or if you do these five things, or if you have these five conversations, or whatever it is. I can start to add these things to the gospel, and I am tricking myself. That is not the true gospel. That is a false gospel that the lies, the half-truths that I may believe about myself or about God have slipped in, and they've taken away the truth of the gospel. Now, I don't want that to happen. So the only way that I can stop that from happening is being reminded that the true gospel is, like the kids will say later in their lesson, it is just Jesus and that is enough. Because any time we think we have to add anything to the true gospel, it's a false gospel. And the word gospel means good news. So if we take away the gospel, that's not good news anymore. That is terrible news if we have to add qualifications and requirements for us to do. And when we do that, we're not experiencing true freedom as Christ has called us to freedom in the gospel. We're actually experiencing slavery at our own hands. We are the ones that are adding the chains that are binding us down. We're the ones that are taking on the heavy yoke of the expectations that we set for ourselves or we let other people set for us. We're the ones that are carrying that yoke And the bondage and the burden that is so heavy that it can crush you. I've had times where I roll out of bed and it's like, I don't think I can make it through today. But it's not because I don't have the freedom in Christ. It's because I've put on the chains that are weighing me down. That is slavery. I am putting myself in slavery. Jesus doesn't do that to me. He calls me to true freedom and he calls you to true freedom. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't know about you, but that's the burden that I want to carry. I want to carry his. Because when I carry his, he carries it for me. That's a burden that is light. Paul is saying the exact same thing in his letter to the churches in Galatia. Stop. Stop trying to justify yourselves by doing all the right things. Don't let these people trick you into believing that you have to do a set number of things in order to become a Christian. Don't add on anything. Jesus isn't an add-on to your life. He should be your life. The other things are not the primary things. Paul said this last week, and I just love it. I'm going to say it this week. Following God's laws and following what he's called us to do, that should be the evidence or the fruit of our salvation not the requirement for our salvation. So anytime we get those two things mixed around and we start doing the latter to get the first, we're messed up. We're following a false gospel. We're not listening to God's word. We're not following the true gospel that Jesus is enough. Let's not get that confused. All right, Galatians chapter three, verse one. Paul says this, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who's put a curse on you? Who is playing magic tricks in front of your eyes. Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? Have you traded the spirit for your own works? He says, you know what, you guys know that Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified and he's risen from the dead. And some of these Christians may have been at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit descended on the church for the first time. They very well may have been there. And he's calling them back to their early days saying, okay, so you started with the Holy Spirit. He is the one that was giving you the power and growing you and changing you and, and converting all these people and their lives. So you started with that. Now where did you get off base when you started with that and now you are starting to think that, yeah, I think we can just finish off, you know, with our own human effort. But if we were being honest, how many times have we done that in our own lives? I don't know what your story is. I don't know what that come to Jesus experience was if it was when you were a child with your parents or if it was in a prison cell or if it was on a walk with a friend who finally shared the gospel with you. I don't know what your story is. But I do know that as believers we have been given the power of the Holy Spirit and if we trade that for our human effort, we are not following the true gospel. We are creating a perverted, a Frankenstein gospel that is not a gospel at all. So if we are saved by our faith in Jesus Christ and we are given the seal of the Holy Spirit, our guide, our helper, and we don't tap into that source, then we are the ones that are cutting ourselves off from the power that can change not only our own lives, but the lives of people around us. So this week, it's a call to take a long, hard look at our own lives and ask a very hard question. What have I added to the gospel? What have I added to Jesus that I feel like I have to do, that I have to complete, that I have to work towards in order to receive his acceptance, to receive my own salvation? There's only one way to heaven. Jesus makes it very clear that the only man that can come to the Father is through him. There's one way. And anytime we obstruct that, we are not following the true gospel. So what have we added to the gospel? And also, Jesus wasn't plan B for our salvation. The gospel was not an afterthought. The gospel was God's plan. So who are we as mere humans to come up with a different plan to add to God's original plan for us, which was that he would send his son to live a spotless, blameless life life as a human to fulfill the law, to take our punishment on the cross, to die, to be buried and to raise from the dead and to be seated at the right hand of the Father in our place that's the true gospel so this week are you living as one who is free we just celebrated our freedoms last weekend as a country on on July 4th Independence Day but in your, in your spiritual life, in your life as a Christian, are you living as one who is free or are you living as one who has bound themselves with chains, who's carrying a very heavy yoke and a burden that wasn't meant for you to carry? And what would it take for us to humble ourselves this week, today, right here in this moment to say, God, I'm so sorry. I have... Taking what you said was the gospel and I have polluted it, I have changed it to fit my life, to fit what I wanted to do, to fit something that would feel better for me. And I've added those chains of slavery and I need you to break those chains for me. Because the reality is you can't break them, I can't break those chains. Only Jesus can break those chains for us. Here's your opportunity right now in this place to have him break those chains for you, to start following the true gospel and to start living as one who is truly free. A couple other next steps. You can join us next weekend. We are having our July 19th outdoor service right here at church, right behind church on the property here. RCP on our website. Come and enjoy our first large gathering of the summer. It's going to be so great to see people at church again. We're going to have an awesome worship service. You guys, your safety is our number one priority, so we will practice safe social distancing. But we'll be able to come back together as a community and worship God full voice, all together in one place. And next, make sure you sign up for the virtual edition of the Justice Run. That is the 22nd of July through the 29th, a great organization that fights human trafficking here in the Chippewa Valley. Make sure you go out there and sign up for that. It's gonna be an awesome time. You can walk and run on your own during that week and just all the proceeds go to benefit an awesome organization that fights human trafficking in our own Chippewa Valley, something that can go unseen but is still very real. So let's fight for the justice for those people that are in slavery right in our own community. Thank you guys for being with us this week and we'll see you next week.